Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. Now, back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Hospitality Tent at TPC Southwind for the 2023 FedEx St. Jude Championship on 92.9 FM ESPN. Where did he be at when they said they're doing all this? Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. We have a podcast. It drops every single Tuesday. It's called the On the Bluff Pod. You can find the full-length video version on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcast, a lot of Tiger Talk, but also NFL. We, we cover everything. We cover all our bases. He's on X at C. Fowler, BCM. Christian, how's it going, brother? Everything's going well. Still recovering from this weekend. How are yep. you doing today? Yep. You feeling I'm, better? I'm, yo, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Awesome. You had, you had a nice little uh, bachelor trip, uh, friend's bachelor trip to St. Louis. Yep. Home of Gabe Coon. How about that? Yep. Yeah. Stomping grounds at Gabe Coon. Was, was told last night, got five minutes away from his his uh, childhood home. So yes, you were. You were at one point. You were out there at Top Golf over there in West County, Chesterfield. Yeah. Nice. Night, and you and you hit up Six Flags St. Louis. I I was a frequent there. I had I had the season pass every single year growing up. Yeah, we uh we had the the flash passes and everything. Rode every ride as much as we could. I just you know what? I had a ton of fun, but I don't think it's good for your brain, man. Well, I, I mean, if you ride Mister Freeze like fifteen times in a row, yeah, that's probably not good for your brain. They had to. Yeah, I, I told you. I told you yesterday they had to slow it down at one point um, because it was hurting people's necks. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to go to sleep uh, Saturday night, the first day that we went, and I definitely, you know, that feeling when you're at the lake and you've been on a boat all day and you kind of feel like you're swaying still. Yeah, that sun drain like, feeling. Yeah, it was like that times a thousand. It, it was like I was literally laying in bed on a roller coaster. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we went back Sunday and did it again and gave more brain rattling. So yeah. great trip. Had a great time. Shout out. Well done. Well done. That's, that sounds like fun. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. Now, it seemed like the uh, Tiger basketball team had fun in the DR. Go 2-1. and one. They ended up, I mean, they played the uh, Dominican national team. They lost 91-84, but that's against pros that have been practicing for a while. This Tiger team only had one chance to do five-on-fives with guys rolling into campus. Um, sort of one by one and rolling into campus late. I mean, what did you think? Like overall, what what did you make of their trip and the, and the games ultimately, um, the outcomes and how they played? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think everything taken away from the DR is positive. I know people wanted them to win every game. Fans wanted them to win every game. I get that. I understand that. 
but we talked about this last week. This trip was about building camaraderie, building chemistry, being able to hang out. Um, off the court, we both felt that the off-the-floor stuff was more important than the on-the-floor stuff. Um, but the on-the-floor stuff was, was good. I mean, you had uh, Jordan Brown have a 23-11 and 11 game. Uh, Javon Quinterly have nine assists in one game and seven assists in another game. Jaquan Walton put up 27-14 and 14 on 10-14 of 14 shooting. J.J. Taylor uh, had 22 points in the last game. Call Sharon Font played well. So, like, overall – this isn't necessarily going to give us like a temperature reading for the right. season, I don't think, because we won't see freshmen playing the amount of minutes they were, especially in the third game. But overall, like for a team that had practiced together one time fully, really none of these guys have played together before. We've said this ad nauseum, one returning player in Jaden Hardaway. Like this, to me, is about as good as it could have went yep. for a team that is very unfamiliar with each other. And the stuff that happened – off the floor, whether it's the traveling to and from, whether it's, you know, the things they were doing in between games and practices, like all that stuff I think is going to pay dividends uh, when when the season comes around. Now, we've already talked about this. It's like hard to really grasp the temperature of how this team's going to come together because everyone's going to get their game off. Like Penny's going to give everyone some minutes, give them their run, let them get their shots up in the Dominican Republic. But I was encouraged by the fact that, especially in the second half of that first game against the Dominican national team. Um, I was encouraged by the fact that they sort of came together uh, quickly, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, locked down on defense. It, it felt like if there's anything to be encouraged about, that that would be it, is the fact that they haven't had five-on-fives and they came together and won two games on this trip. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I think this trip went as good as it could have went. And something that we talked about a lot last night on the podcast uh, was the fact that there was no selfishness. And once again, how does that translate when it's real games and when they really matter? We'll see, but I think this is a good start for that selflessness and for that chemistry. Uh, the guys were feeding the players that had the hot hand in that game, and I think that is going to be one of the biggest keys to success for this team this year because you have so many players that can score and are inept offensively. Uh, so whether it's Jordan Brown or Jaquan Walton or JQ or – David Jones or whoever it is on any given night who's playing well offensively, I think we saw at least in this scenario that the other players were willing to get them the ball in the spot that they needed it uh, to continue with the hot hand. So that I love, and hopefully that will carry over into the season and you know through the next couple of months of practicing leading up to the season. But to me, that's just another encouraging sign. And, and one thing, like a guy who really encapsulated all of that is, is Javon Quinterly. He, he, he took Absolutely. a back seat offensively, like taking shots, but he had seven assists one game, nine assists another game. He is a pro's pro right now, and, and he's a perfect fit, it seems, for this team and, and, and as their main facilitator and, and main ball handler. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I had him on the show a couple weeks ago uh, right after he got in town, and that was his biggest thing is, like, look, I'm not here for personal accolades. I'm just here to win basketball games and hopefully go further in the tournament than I've been. Obviously, he's been two Sweet 16s with Alabama, but, like, his goal and his motivation is to go further in the tournament, obviously with the national championship being the main goal. And to do that, like we all know, people have to sacrifice. Players have to sacrifice certain things. And I think in his case, if, if his sacrifice in that is scoring less and passing more, then he's completely on board with that. And we saw that here, and I think I think we'll see that throughout the season because I think his main goal is winning. And if he sees that there's a night where he needs to score and that he needs to be an offensive punch, then he can do that. But if other players are playing well, I think he's fine with deferring 
and playing his role as the facilitator. And it kind of eased my worries about, because I have talked about this on several occasions, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but they have to be very intentional about getting Jordan, Jordan Brown the ball. I mean, he's a low post scorer. He can stretch out a little bit to the mid-range, but Javon Quinterly knows how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's what he can do. He can get yep. the ball in, in anywhere that it needs to be. And with, with Jordan Brown being a guy that's primarily going to score down low in the paint, I mean, JQ is not going to have any problems setting that up. And I think the players around them help with that even more, specifically Jaquan Walton. Mm-hmm. I think with his, his efficiency, I mean, he is an uber-efficient player. He was last year at Wichita State. Uh, he obviously was on this DR trip. But that's just who he is as a player. Like, he's a very good scorer, but he doesn't need a high volume of shots to have a high number of points. And with having a player like that who can spread the floor, who can be a three-level scorer, and he's not the only guy. Obviously, there are other guys that can score from multiple levels. But just to me, with his length, with his size, with his ability, I think he spreads things out so much for a guy like Jordan Brown to be able to feast down low. Um, So I, I don't think it's only JQ. Um, with his facilitating, but I think it's other players with their ability to space the floor and open things up for Jordan Brown. Now, this was a question I asked last night on the podcast. Is there any, like, I asked this roster-wise, just strictly roster-wise. We'll get to the other things later, but is there any holes on this roster? Um, Personally, I don't think so. Like, I don't see them right now. And I I know it's early, but I don't see anything right now that shows me that there's this one area of weakness that needs to be filled. And I know some people could probably say front court depth, but I think with the different lineups that they'll employ, even if DeAndre Williams isn't on campus, and that's kind of where I'm referencing uh, a lack of front court depth is past the front two in Jordan Brown and Nick Jordan. So let's say DeAndre doesn't uh, get that waiver and he's not eligible to play this year. I still don't think they have a lack of front court depth because I think they have guys that they can play small ball with. Yeah, David uh, Jones, Jaquan Walton. Yeah, right. Yeah, all those guys have enough size to play the four in a small ball lineup. So overall, we were talking about three point a lot. If it was the biggest thing, is that, you know maybe they don't have a ton of high level three point scorers. Well, you know now with Javon Quinterly and Jaquan Walton, like they have two guys that have been. Very good three-point shooters throughout their career. Like, I just don't see holes. I don't see holes anywhere, whether it's defensive side of the ball, IQ, athleticism, length, shooting, post-game. Like, everything seems to be filled out by far the best that it's been in in Penny's tenure, even without DeAndre Williams at this point. The the holes are all abstract, though, aren't they? How how quick are they going to match? There's one ball. Who's going to be the who's going to be the the alpha? Like that. Those are the holes that that people are going to try to poke. But isn't that that's a good thing, right? That, yeah. that people aren't poking holes in actual, you know, roster details or actual players. That holes are being poked in things that we won't even know until November, December. Yep. And, and to me, that's a good thing. If you skip right past the roster construction and right right past the actual players that are on the roster, then to me, that's a good sign. We're poking holes in things that we won't know. Um, and that are completely up in the air, and that no one will know until this team's actually on the floor in regular season games together. Talking with Christian Fowler at C Fowler BCM on X. What what do you uh, what do you think of the freshman Carl Sharonfont's getting a whole lot of uh, praise at this moment? I think he averaged about nine and five. Um, very sort of high intensity player on both ends. What what what'd you think of the freshman in particular, Carl Sharonfont? Yeah, I think they played well and did what they were asked to do, and that's an encouraging sign. You know, as I've kind of pointed to, I don't think any of us expect those kind of minutes in the regular season for these players. That's the unfortunate part. 
Right, just because there's so many bodies already that have to get minutes and that need to be on the floor. But, yeah, Carl Sharonfant was very impressive. That's what we've heard about him since high school. And if you've watched him, that's what you've seen is a high-intensity, high-motor guy, kind of one of those like throwback, rough, and rugged players that's just going to do the dirty work and do whatever he needs to do. Penny's always had a propensity for players like that, so Carl is – kind of fits that mold and, and fits the player that's you know going to do what he's asked of. J.J. Taylor, as I mentioned in the last game, with 22 points, he showed uh, how effective he can be scoring the basketball. Ashton Hardaway uh, had some nice games in there as well. So overall, what, you see, what you're seeing from the freshmen is impressive. And I think if Penny is able to keep those guys here throughout yeah. the years, because we know in the modern day and age, like if what we're saying is correct and they don't get a lot of minutes – this upcoming season, of course, the transfer portal is always going to be an option for players. But I think it's encouraging that if they do stay here, they can be developed and grow into a role where they do get more minutes. But those things are so so questionable now because players tend to tend to bounce rather quickly. So we'll see. But I think everything from that first three games from the from the DR trip from the freshmen was was definitely encouraging sign. Um, on the Tiger football front, they're rolling along in fall camp, and uh, Seth Hennigan, after day one, said he thinks that this is the most talented roster he's been a part of since he's been at the University of Memphis. I think a lot of people would chalk that up to, oh, this, this is camp talk. He's just trying to talk up his team at the given moment. Everybody has hope when everybody's 0-0, zero zero, but once you start uh, having the bullets fly and you lose a couple of games, that, that sentiment may change. So I think a lot of people will be in that boat, but I don't know. I mean, I look up and down this roster. I look at some of the transfer portal additions, these guys that were four stars, high three stars. I, I, I don't think he's being that far off base saying what he's saying, even after day one. No, I think he's absolutely right. And, and you and I have kind of pounded the drum on this the entire offseason is that this team, we know that they're not going to be talked about a ton. They've been 6-6 six and six the last two years. Like Memphis is not going to be – anyone's pick nationally to win the American right now at this point. Like, that's just not where they are. But on paper, this is the best team that they've had, especially since Seth has been here. Um, I think with what they did in the transfer portal is obviously a key part of that. Bringing back an experienced quarterback is a key part of that. Um, Specifically, you know, offensive and defensive line. We talked about this uh, multiple, multiple times on the podcast and on the show. Um, Just that you can't be successful, especially offensively, if you can't run the ball, if you can't mix it up, if you can't keep the defense on their heels. And they haven't been able to do that the last several years because of the lack of offensive line play. But I think with guys like Xavier Hill and Marcus Henderson and uh, and McKaylin Pounders in his third year, like I think these guys are really gonna are really gonna raise the ceiling for what this offense can do. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we've said this a lot too. Like we feel like they could be a top three or top four defense in the AAC this year with what they added in the portal and with guys coming back. Um, we feel like this is the best they've been all three levels in quite some time now. We love what Matt Barnes brings overall, and with him being able to dive a little bit deeper into his play call sheet and yep. mix things up a little bit more. So overall, I agree with Seth, and I know that I, I understand the sentiment of okay, he's just saying this because first day of camp. Of course, you're going to say, you know, you like this team, you're a fan of this team, but just on paper, I think this is this is the best team that they've had in quite some time. Now, I don't want people to get it twisted. Talent still has to come together, right? Talent Absolutely. still has to get managed in in the coaching staff. Uh, the rest of the locker room sort of has to take that upon themselves to make that happen. Um, you, you bring up the running game. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. What running backs do you expect to sort of emerge and, and potentially have a big year? 
in my opinion, Sutton Smith and right. and uh, and Blake Watson need to be the guys. Yeah. I think Jay Ducker can have an early down role. Um, we saw what he offered last year; like he had some very very solid games. But I think when you have players like Blake Watson and Sutton Smith, who are very capable receivers out of the backfield, I think that adds so much versatility to an offense. I mean, we saw it, you know, three four years ago with a guy like you Tony need an all around back. You do. Yeah, but he played running back, or he played receiver for the majority of his career, and then uh, towards the end, I think was when I think Daryl Henderson didn't play in the bowl game against Wake Forest was the first time that Tony Pollard played a full game as a running back. I think he went over 100 yards in that game, um, and then who was somebody else as well? Yeah, Antonio Gibson, another yep. guy that played two positions that completely transformed this offense. So when you have that, I think it adds a different level to it. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about Sutton Smith. Some of the players that I've talked with, when I've asked them who's impressed them, Sutton Smith has been at the top of that list, and we've kind of been waiting on this for a year or so now for him to have some big performances. So I think those two guys will be will be absolutely pivotal and need to have big years for the running game to be successful. Talking with Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. Now, uh, since, we, uh, since we've last talked, realignment is nuts. I mean, I don't even it's it's all chasing money. That that much is very clear. But we have Oregon and Washington to the Big 10 and it looks like the Big 12 for at least the time being is going to stop exploring expansion Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. This is nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, uh, we talked about it last night just from from our standpoint, like from our experience of college football like it's done as we know it. I mean, the, the rivalries that we grew up on, the conferences that we grew up on are gone. Regionality, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, the the regional rivalries and stuff like that, especially, you know, with the Pac-12 being basically dismantled and left to four teams like that. Those things are done and over as we know it. I think you can spin it negatively all you want, but at the end of the day, like, it's happening and it's done, so we might as well look at it positively and uh and talk about some of the new rivalries that could that could pop up in these conferences with top tier teams playing each other now Oregon and Ohio State um is is one of those and there's multiple of them and the same thing with with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC um so it's weird it's different like it's definitely not the college football that we're used to and that we've grown up on our entire lives and i get it it's all money chasing you know the bigger the contract the the better and the more money um, it does take a little bit of lore away for me, but at the end of the day, like it is what it is, and we kind of just have to deal with it and enjoy it for what it is. Like it's not, but, it's not like we're going to stop watching college football. <laughs> well, but it's hard. It's hard to view. I mean, if you're a fan of the University of Memphis or a school like it, I, I, you can't view this any other way besides negatively, unless you get invited to the party. That's that's right. the most demoralizing feeling for some of these Group of Five schools that are ultimately going to get left out. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you because I think at this point, a school like Memphis, you're just stuck in limbo. You can do everything that you can do. You can continue being successful in different athletics. Uh, You can continue upgrading and updating stuff to make it as state-of-the-art as you can. But at the end of the day, like, you have no control. That's the only control you have is, is doing what you can do. But as far as them noticing you or them courting you or looking at you, you can't do anything about it. Like you can't. So that it's it's stuck in limbo. It's just like hopefully they notice us, and it's it's got to be a sickening feeling. Like it's not it's not where you want to be, but it's you know it's the reality of the situation. So you just kind of ride it out and and see what happens. 
Um, I can't imagine Mike Oresco, though, on the AAC front is going to sort of stand pat. He's going to try to court Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal, whoever wants to join. Like, I, I think I feel positively about a potential like those those type of additions that that would that would add to this conference if that ultimately happens. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you're Mike Oresco, you got to do what you can do. Same thing. Like, the situation is what it is. So go do what you can to make the situation better. And getting those schools. You know, obviously they're not, you know, Ohio State, Alabama's of the world, but they're solid programs that have history. They've been Power 5, right? Yeah, they've been Power 5. Stanford has had a a lot of good years over the last decade or so with David Shaw running the show. Um, Cal's had success in the past. Like, these teams, they're not marquee teams, but um, let's just be honest and call it what it is. They're better than what you've got. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely better than what you've got. Yep. And that's what you can do. You just have to improve your situation, and getting those teams would absolutely improve the situation. Now, last thing for you, we got Hard Knocks, episode one of the Jets coming on tonight. Are you, You're a Hard Knocks fan, right? you got to be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You excited for it? I'm fired up for it, man. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the Jets are probably the best landing spot they could have had. And, and we know the NFL is a reality show. It's chock full of storylines. Like, it's it's incredible. I, I'm, everyone that knows me knows where I stand on football in the NFL. But, like, this Jets team, you got Aaron Rodgers coming to town who has already made his, his opinions known. He's not necessarily happy about the hard knock stuff, but it doesn't matter. We're going to see him on there. you got a Sauce Gardner who is, like, this revolutionary rookie who could arguably already be called the best corner in the game. First-team all-pro as a rookie yeah, is insane. first-team all-pro, defensive rookie of the year, like, accolades came hot and heavy for sauce Gardner, and he is uh, a very big personality like if you've seen him on social media or just see what he does on the field walking off uh, in green bay with the cheese head uh some of the interactions that him and aaron Rodgers have had like that's a great storyline and then this team has you know the zach wilson stuff of course people will care about that i don't really care about that whatever <laughs> uh but like cj mosley i've always been a huge fan of cj mosley and what he brings yep. to the table uh, the Makai Becton stuff, we know what he's had going on the last several years with injuries, and this is kind of his last last ditch effort, you know, as, as a former, you know, like blue chip prospect uh, coming out of the draft. Uh, what else we got? We Man, got I've, I've hated that for Makai Becton, by the way, because I, I feel like he's gotten a bad rap for injuries. When he's been on the field, he's been a solid player. Yeah, he's been good when he's played. He just hasn't played. He hasn't much. played at all. So yeah. we've, we've got Brees Hall, who probably would have been the offensive rookie of the year last year. If he stayed healthy coming back from injury, um, you've got Garrett Wilson, who was the offensive rookie of the year last year. So there's just a ton of storylines with this team. Uh, I think it should be a lot of fun, and it's it's like that last push before we actually get to real football. So I'm excited to see uh, see what they got with, with episode one and then obviously throughout the rest of the season. Now you named a lot of names. How much do you buy into this Jets team? <laughs> I think I think it's one of those that could go either way. Okay. Truthfully, and it all it obviously all hinges on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is a team last year that had one of the worst quarterback play overall between Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson last year. Terrible quarterback situation. They still won seven games because they had offensive firepower like Brees Hall uh, for half of the year, and then Garrett Wilson. And then defensively, they were, I think they were like top seven in DVOA. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and they have just a ton of a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. C.J. Mosley, Quentin Williams, D.J. Reed, Sauce Gardner. Um, so they're loaded on that side of the ball. But in my opinion, it's, it all hinges on Aaron. Like if he yeah. if he can wind back the I, clock, which is what everyone is saying. Everyone's saying he's got like this rejuvenated sense of energy and he looks does. Like, Seems like it. Alan Alan Lazard said it doesn't look like the Aaron Rodgers of last year. It looks like the Aaron Rodgers that won back to back MVPs. Like so, if that's the Aaron Rodgers that comes out, if it really wasn't an arm issue, if it wasn't you know a deterioration issue, and he, he's done. And it was just, you know, his lack of uh, his lack of caring, I guess, last year for a better word. Then we could see them have a special year. Absolutely, they have all the pieces to, to be a Super Bowl contender. Now, I hate to be as on brand as I'm about to be, though. I think even more so than Aaron Rodgers isn't on the O line to keep him upright and get a good run game going. I mean, because that's been a struggle for them. They've had to spend a lot of first round picks. It was Mackay Becht and Elijah Vera Tucker. They've tried to rebuild that whole line, and it has not quite come together for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's big when you have an older quarterback uh, in Aaron Rodgers, who I think still gets around well, but obviously doesn't, you know, at 39 doesn't get around as well as as he did back in the day. Um, And we know the mobility that he's shown throughout his career. But, yes, that's absolutely paramount, being able to keep him healthy because we know Rodgers has struggled with some of those knick-knack injuries over his career. So just keeping him upright, uh, keeping as few hits on him as you can is is absolutely going to be huge. So, they have pieces up there. Like you mentioned, Elijah Vera Tucker, and he's been incredible when he's played as well, but he has also dealt with injuries. So uh, we'll, we'll see. If they can keep yep. him healthy and he can he can rewind the clock a couple of years, then they absolutely could compete for a title this year. Yes, sir. Well, you the man. Appreciate it. Get some rest, man. Get some rest. Yes, sir. See you all next week. That's Christian Fowler. Fresh off a, a bachelor trip to uh, St. Louis. But he is on X at C. Fowler BCM, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. Check out our podcast on the Bluff Pod. Uh, YouTube is where you can find the full-length video version, but also on Apple and Spotify. Now it's time to hop into the Blitz. And in the Blitz, no bigger story than what's happening with the Orioles organization right now. Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown has been suspended for what a lot of people are terming as just trying to tell a story before a game. We'll discuss it when we return right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show 
Broadcasting today live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Hospitality Tent at TPC Southwind for the 2023 FedEx St. Jude Championship on 92.9 FM ESPN. Two days out from the start of FedEx St. Jude Championship and we are here live from... The Service Master by Cornerstone Hospitality Suite. And what, what do we know about Service Master by Cornerstone? They respond in your time of need. When disaster strikes, we've had a lot of disasters in the area, they help you. They're the best helpers in the area. They're the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius, but don't just call them because they're large. Call them because they're the best at what they do. They've been awarded Service Master's Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Restore franchise in the USA. Whether you have water damage from a busted water heater, an overflowed toilet, just storm damage in general like we've seen a lot of lately, frozen pipes when we get into the winter, there's a fire and there's smoke damage, you need mold remediation, guess what? Call Service Master by Cornerstone. No matter the place, no matter the size, they're here to help with the damage. And no matter the place or size, what I mean by that, home, residential property, office, they will help you in your time of need. Been here with Tyler and his team all day, and their motto is we don't pray for disaster, we just pray we get called when there is one. Tyler is the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, by the way, but they're locally owned, locally operated. Make sure you give them a call because they respond in your time of need. And respond is the active word there. 901-RESPOND is the number you call. Again, it's 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D, 901-RESPOND for Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, let's go ahead and hop into the Blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line. A bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. And always remember that the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Law Cabin. Connor, what you got for me today? First up, the Orioles have suspended broadcaster Kevin Brown for recent comments he made before a game against the Rays. Yeah, and uh, of course, the Orioles are a surprise team this year at the top of the AL East. Uh, You know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to play these comments, supposed comments he made before the game, and then afterwards we'll decide if uh, they rise to the level of a suspension ballpark to play in but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today they've already clinched at least a split in the series winning two of the first three and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today it's been a minute the Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June they had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field you have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Huh? He got suspended for that? He got, he got taken away from his spot as a broadcaster for making a point about how bad the Orioles have been in the past at Tropicana Field. They've lost their last 15 series there. Their last series win was June 23rd to 25th, 2017. He pointed that out. And he pointed out that this season they've been better. They have three wins in five games. I, what, what, what are we talking about here? 
It's unbelievable to see how thin-skinned the Angelos family is, and this is not the first time this has happened, Connor. John Angelos, of course, runs a team. His dad was Peter Angelos. Peter Angelos, in 1996, fired John Miller, longtime broadcaster, great broadcaster with the Giants after his days with the Orioles, but they had a contract dispute, and he said he didn't didn't, uh, bleed black and orange enough. So he went to another black and orange team and became a Hall of Fame level uh, announcer. And he was on Sunday Night Baseball with Joe Morgan for years. And that, that really was the last time I really loved the announce team for Sunday Night Baseball. It, that, so this, that they, was they, they, they have done this before. But what are we talking about? As broadcasters, in this profession, we tell stories, right? We're supposed to tell the good, the bad, the ugly. He told some bad, but he said, hey... That bad's getting better now. The Orioles are a better team than they've been since 2017, their last win in tro- uh, last series win in Tropicana Field. He's just telling stories. That is what we in this profession are hired to do. And that's all that Kevin Brown did. The Orioles are making a grave mistake by this. John Angelos is embarrassing himself, and it really bothers me. This is the first time that the Orioles have been relevant and good in how long? In forever. It's been most of the 21st century. They finally get back up there. They're at the top of the AL East, a really tough division. And now you want to mar yourself in controversy and make yourself look dumb again. It's just embarrassing. And, and, and everybody's going after them, and it's for the right reasons. Kevin Brown is a very good broadcaster, works for ESPN as well. He's young, and he's one of the great young voices in this profession. And the fact that the Angelos family, that the Orioles feel that this is necessary to do after him, just trying to tell the story of how bad they've been at Tropicana Field, I, I find this embarrassing and gross. Yeah, it's embarrassing and it's silly. It makes absolutely no sense when you listen back to that clip. It sounds like an excellent open to a baseball game. That's what it sounded like to me. I'm not quite sure how they listened to that clip and took away from it that he was dogging The Orioles, because if you really listen to it, like you said, he's telling the story about improvement and how they are actually a good baseball team this year. And let's be honest about this, too. It's not like the Rays have been a horrific baseball team the last few years. They've been very good. So having a streak of losing series to the Rays is not not embarrassing. That level of streak is embarrassing, embarrassing. but at the same time, you're showing improvement. It's embarrassing, but it's not really you know what i mean it's you've been a bad baseball team for most of the 21st century like you said they had that that little run when they had adam jones and those guys that right. were really those teams are really fun but that is long and gone this is the best team that they have had in a very long time. They're one of the best stories in baseball. I, it's almost like a self-destructive. Yes, like they it's what it is. They're they self, can't it, help but do it. It's a self-sabotage for no it's reason. Ridiculous. You're putting yourself in, in a in a bad spot PR-wise when you didn't need to. You're, you, you're a good team this year. You have good young players, seemingly have a good future. You have a chance, the, these playoffs, to see what you can do, maybe make a run. And you want to put this bad PR on you and suspend an announcer that's just trying to tell a damn story before a game starts? Well, not only did you suspend an announcer, but you put yourself in the crosshairs of every single baseball broadcaster and, to be honest, broadcaster in America. Across broadcast last night, all you heard them talking about was how it was ridiculous that Kevin Brown was fired or suspended by the Orioles. 
And you know what's not a good idea? To piss off the people that are talking about baseball all the time. And that's what they did in this situation. It makes no sense. I hope they rectify it. I'm not sure if baseball I, needs... I, I don't know if baseball needs to step in, but if they sh- they kind of should in this situation. I don't, it's, such a, it's such a ridiculous, ridiculous suspension. How, how would you feel, though, if you're Kevin Brown right now? Do you want to work for these people at this point? That's, I a, wouldn't. that's a great I point. Wouldn't. I wouldn't. The, the tr- well, so here's what I would say is... How like where if the decision just came from the family and it was forced upon everybody and there was nothing they could do about it, I would potentially want to go back because I'm like, listen, these are the people that I work with. I know that it wasn't their decision. Hopefully they went. Hopefully they went to bat for him and that they're fighting against this for him. If they were complacent to the suspension, absolutely not. I wouldn't go back. It would, the circumstances I think matter in this situation, but on the surface level, yeah, you have to question whether his relationship with the Orioles is, can be repaired it, after. This. I mean, here's the truth of it. I think he deserves better, and that's what Ab- I'm going to leave it at. I, and, and most broadcasters deserve better than to be suspended for telling a damn story before a game in which the the Orioles have struggled. In the past, at Tropicana Field, it just he was talking about improvement. I, I, I am uh, it's silly. I am. I am. I'm, I'm. I'm done with the story. Let's move on. Let's move on, Connor. Please. <laughs> Ron Rivera has spoken about how the new Commanders' offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy's intensity has some players a little concerned. It's not going to change because he believes in it. Defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio has his approach, having been a head coach. I think Jack has a tendency to try to figure guys out a little more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Eric Bieniemy hasn't had that experience yet. That's what Ron Rivera had to say. I have to say right now, I hate this. New leadership, and I can tell you from experience, dealing with the, the, the switch from Justin Fuente to Mike Norvell. It ultimately worked out in the end, but new leadership can bother guys. If guys are more intense than what you're used to, if you feel like they're coming in and they're stepping and raining on your parade, you feel a type of way about it. But there's no need for this, for Ron Rivera to be outward about it, before even playing a preseason game. It's strange to me for a head coach of an NFL franchise to make this a problem right now. We're talking about this being August 8th, and he's saying, well, my OCs, his intensity is really bothering our guys. I, we'll, we'll see how it goes as we, get, as we get into the season. It's just strange. And here's what I know. That offense, <laughs> that offense was bottom half last year. It was 24th in scoring. And they're handing the keys to a 2022 fifth-round quarterback. You know what? If I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'd have some damn intensity as well. It's an effort to show a sense of urgency. That's okay. We have a fifth-round quarterback we're trying to run out there that we drafted in 2022. We don't know how he's going to be. We were a bad offense last year. And Eric Bieniemy, <laughs> like, let's not forget where he's coming from. No one gave him credit for what happened with the Chiefs. Everyone said, oh, well, that was Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy has a prove-it mentality right now. After getting no credit for what the Chiefs had as far as success, two Super Bowls going to several. He's gotten passed up time after time as a head coach, and he wants to make sure this time around they really respect the work he's putting out. And at this point, like I, I've talked about Eric Bieniemy and how badly he's been treated in the past, but this is an unfair story to allow permeate. This was a hand-picked OC by Ron Rivera and that staff. Let him do his damn job. No notes. 
Yep. Uh, agreed. It seems like that the commanders need a culture change. So having a guy like Eric Bieniemy come in and people being wanting to buck against any change happening, it's like, hey, we got to change things around here. It can't be like it has been. So you know they got to get used to it. Go ask Patrick Mahomes if that intensity was too much. <laughs> right, and they all all those guys for the Chiefs, even though. I feel like national media and, and clearly a lot of the front offices for these franchises that need head coaches in the offseason, they didn't give him a lot of credit. Those guys in that locker room, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you name it, just go down that list. They gave him a lot of credit. And the fact that it hasn't turned into a head coaching job is a joke. And it feels like they're trying to almost set him up for failure already with, with the commanders. I am rooting for Eric Bieniemy because he, he deserves also like Kevin Brown. He deserves better than this. We have the Titans depth chart. Mm. Malik Willis <laughs> is number two. And Will Levis <laughs> is number three. Uh, how do you feel, brother, about that? I don't know. That does not make me feel good about this draft pick of Will Levis so far. He's had OTAs to sort of figure this out. The beginning of uh, training camp here. And Malik Willis, who didn't throw for 100 yards in, what was it, one, two, three, for five games, he didn't throw for a hundred yards as a starter. He's he's leading the leading the backup competition. Maybe he made a leap. Maybe he made a Maybe. leap. Maybe I guess they're, they're, <laughs> like they drafted him. Uh, they drafted him. I think the end of day two, and they thought, okay, this is going to be a guy. But I mean, this does not tell a good story because all offseason, what'd you hear about Malik Willis? He's not taking the strides we need. He's not where we want him to be. And Will Levis was supposed to be the savior that may save you from uh, sort of that quarterback purgatory that you will ultimately ultimately be in when Ryan Tannehill is all, is not on the team anymore. So they're they're in purgatory right now, trying to develop these young guys. I I'm not going to say we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That Malik Willis hasn't taken leaps. I'm not at training camp with the Titans. I have not been able to see a bunch of clips of him so far, but based on what we saw last year, my God, he had a long way to go. And you started questioning, even in year one, if he could ever be a serviceable starting quarterback throwing the football. Does he have legs? Is he athletic? Of course. But in this league, you have to spread the ball around, get it to your playmakers, and Malik Willis showed no ability to do that last year. Um, but if he's leading the, the competition for backup, over Will Levis, that that should be a, a, a bit of a – I'm not going to say push the panic alarm yet because Ryan Tannehill is still uh, – he's still healthy. But I feel like uh, if Ryan Tannehill went down, you could pr- push the panic alarm on this Titans season based on Malik Willis being number two. But we'll see how training camp goes along. We'll see if Will Levis makes some strides. It, it's certainly concerning. I think you can definitely say that it's concerning in – you know, you talked about how we haven't seen really any clips of Malik Willis. To be honest, not seeing any clips of Willis or Levis much from training camp so far is concerning to me because you feel like if they were doing well, they would want footage right. of them out there well, so that they could get the fans behind them, they could get some morale building. And just knowing <laughs> just knowing that we see clips of random quarterbacks just throwing normal passes from other teams and you're seeing absolutely nothing from Willis or Levis – 
I don't know if I'm well, looking too much into that, but it's a little concerning. Let's just put it into perspective here. Malik Willis, again, I believe started five games last year, and he completed 50.8% of his passes for 276 yards, zero TDs, three INTs. He had a 12.4 QBR, 42.8 rating. If that guy cannot get beat out by the guy you picked in the second round this year, I would be scared about my future at the quarterback position. I'm sorry. You've wagered a lot on these two guys potentially replacing Ryan Tannehill. And if Malik Willis is leading that battle right now, that's scary. That's scary. Also, though, I want I want to do some positive positive news here for the uh, for the Titans. The Titans did announce today that the uh, that assistant coach and D line coach Terrell Williams will serve as the team's head coach against the Bears on Week One of the preseason. And the idea here is, hey, he's developed Jeffrey Simmons. He's done a good job with our defensive line. I want to give him a chance to. Go and be a head coach in the preseason. We, we let all these backups play in the preseason. Let me, let me bring in another coach so he can show his chops as a head coach and maybe get some looks in the offseason. Mike Vrabel does it right, and he treats his people right in the end of the day. And I, and I do respect that about the Titans franchise. Absolutely. That's a great story. And to be honest, though, him having Will Levis third in the QB depth chart also kind of shows me that he's a straight-up Coach, he's not going yeah. to put a guy second just because he was a high draft pick. He's like, nah, he's number three right now. And, not, and he's not going to do it just because he wants to give fans hope about right. what, what a, Will Levis man, could be. I'm a huge fan of Rables. No, huge 100%. Fan. 100%. And even if the Titans have a bad year this year, I don't think, and I know what we do in professional sports when coaches struggle, we tend to just fire and then ask questions later. I hope they don't do that and it, go down that road with it Mike would Vrabel. Feel it like doesn't, a mistake. But it, but it also doesn't seem like that's their mindset right. on this whole thing. I think right. everyone is in lockstep that Mike Vrabel is the guy to potentially get this job done. They'll stick by him until they can't anymore. But that'll do it for the Blitz. One more segment left in the day from the Service Master by Cornerstone Hospitality Tent here at TPC Southwind for the FedEx St. Jude Championship. It'll be the Rewind when we return right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play about like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Covered a bunch on the show today, including the USA FIBA World Cup team playing their first friendly last night against Puerto Rico. They hammered them. I mean, they killed them. 117-74. There was a 20-0 second half run. But the story here locally has to be about Jaron Jackson Jr. He was voted the best player during training camp for them. He had 12 points. Seven boards, two blocks. Seeing how he was used was absolutely positively gorgeous to me. Uh, He got to dive into his normal defensive player of the year bag, but also he played the five. He was the starting five and was the main on-ball screener for the starting lineup. I would not be opposed to the Grizzlies learning some lessons from this skill set he seems to be building for the World Cup team. On a less positive note, what's being done to Orioles announcer Kevin Brown is nasty. He took notice of struggles that the Orioles have had at Tropicana Field before a game they played against the Rays. It was harmless. It was absolutely harmless. He said they have been bad in the past, but this year they've shown market improvement. Regardless, because of what he said, he's been suspended. Ultimately, it's very clear he deserves better from the Angelos family and that organization. It's that simple. Guest-wise, Jeff Calkins joined at 5, Christian Fowler at 6. If you want to listen to the whole show, download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. 
What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Dunny didn't let me down. Dun- of course he did. Of course he did. I think that's three wins we've gotten from Rangers from, undefeated from still. They're undefeated. They're rolling. Since the, since the trade deadline. We're going to stay with them. They got Scherzer on the mound tonight. Rangers at Athletics. The Rangers are a one and a half run favorite. I am taking the Rangers minus one and a half. Riding the hot hand. I like it. I don't mind that. Fast forward. Fast forward. Um, Episode one of Hard Knocks tonight, Connor. Let's see what this revitalized version of Aaron Rodgers looks like when you peel back that curtain. Everybody knows, if you've been listening to the show, I'm a Jets believer. Hopefully they make me believe more when I see episode one tonight. But on top of that, tomorrow we'll have some NFL and college football storylines. And and there'll be likely plenty of other storylines between now and then. But that is a wrap for today's show. Thanks to Christian Fowler. Thanks to Jeff Calkins for their contributions. And also, thanks to Service Master for providing this beautiful hospitality suite that we've been able to broadcast live from ahead of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow, except in studio. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Andy Wise here. Disaster restoration, fire damage, water damage, storm damage. You think restoring property, right? No, it's about restoring people. And no one does that better than Service Master by Cornerstone. Family-owned, Memphis-based Service Master by Cornerstone won Franchise of the Year for how it saves businesses and restores families. And now it's expanded services to Jackson, Tennessee and DeSoto County. Make the wise choice for disaster cleanup that's in the people-building business. Service Master by Cornerstone, 901-RESPOND. This is your captain. Better buckle your seatbelts for this one. I saw my passport expired, so I went to Staples, got a passport photo Split. While I was there, I grabbed some tiny travel soap and shampoo. <laughs> I should have got some from my co-pilot. Just kidding, Brad. Staples has everything for travel. 10-minute passport photos, luggage, headphones, even personal travel items. And now at Staples, get $10 off your purchase of $30 or more when you buy a travel service. Staples, your first stop to non-stop travel. Ends 916. In-store only. Exclusions apply. Lowe's knows how to save pros time and money. Right now, get 10% off all kitchen cabinet orders of $1,000 or more. Plus, MVP's Pro Rewards members earn double the bonus points on select stock cabinets through August 4th. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Must ask cashier to apply discount barcode at time of purchase. Discount on cabinet purchase only. Coupon cannot be used with any other discount. Valid 727 through 89. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.